This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Let's talk about gardening, won't you? Anything on your mind? Some stuff you want to try? Something you did and it didn't work? Are you running into frustrations? Or you just need something to do? Or got questions about something and don't know whether you need to spend money or time or effort on it? Give me a call. We'll just talk about it. I'm a horticulturist, written a whole bunch of books and blah, 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 blah. But I'm also just an okay gardener. I plant stuff, and if it lives, that's great. If it doesn't live, I pull it up, stick something else in a hole. And over the years, I've found stuff that will grow without a whole bunch of care. Things that I've got something in bloom every single week of the year, uh, something I could eat every week of the year, containers, raised beds in the dirt. I got trees and shrubs and flowers and squirrels and birds and lizards and all the same kind of stuff that everybody has. But over the years, I forget how to get along with it or how to do things that really don't need a whole bunch of input. Matter of fact, it's kind of boring right now because I. I'm usually busy traveling with my lectures this time of year, and so I've designed my garden over the past few decades to where it takes care of itself, and now all i got to do is just sort of wander around and and just look at stuff. So uh, if you got some things you want to talk about, some things you want to run by me, let's give it a go. And i got to say this. I'll probably say it again before the hour's over. The weather is not going to get any better than this here in the south, the deep south, the lower south, the coast south, the mid south, here in the south, southeast United States, somewhere between Texas and the Carolinas. It's going to be cool at night. It's going to be fairly cool at the day. It's going to be Sunday. It's going to rain like crazy Sunday. So if you get out and do some stuff today, Friday or Saturday, and plant it in the ground, get you a pot full of stuff, get, take a kid to a garden center, get some stuff done Friday or Saturday. I mean, it's just not going to get any better. You want to dig a hole, this is a good time to do it. Even if you don't get around to planting stuff, this is a good time to dig a hole. Turn the dirt over, good shovel's depth, throw a little organic matter, some bark or some compost or something like that on top, and stir it in like crackers in a bowl of chili. Cover it up with some bark mulch, and let it rain on it. Let it let it rain a week or so. Then get around to planting stuff later. But the main thing is, it's too good a time to, to waste. I don't, you can just get out, walk around and look at the unusual old fashioned shrubs that are blooming in the older parts of town. Lots of incredible things that aren't azaleas or dogwoods or, or the big party girls. A lot of cool stuff out there. Honeysuckle is starting to smell. The uh, Confederate jasmine is starting to smell. There's so many fragrances and birds. and so It's just a great time, folks. But anyway, if you want to call and talk about it, it's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. We're going to start out right off the bat by talking to Dawn in Jackson. Hey, Dawn, I just walked through Jackson, and it feels kind of chilly out there. It's a little brisk, but isn't it beautiful today? It, it is. The pollen, the, the tree and grass pollen is high, though. So either wear a mask, if you're not already wearing one, or take an <laughs> antihistamine. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I can't take too much antihistamine. I would be swinging from the trees. Then. That's, that's the only reason I'm cheerful. Come on, Dawn. What's <laughs> okay, up? Okay, I'm on my way. <laughs> what's, what's going on? I just wanted to let you know that um, because of the coronavirus, we are starting our free annual, um, it's, it's really a contest where at the end of May, you can win a free authentic Japanese koi from Falling Waters Koi Farm. Oh. And, and what we do is it's a question and answer thing. 
and um, it's a fun way to learn about how to take care of your water gardens, what's going on below the surface of the water, and how to treat your koi. Wow. And, and uh, is it like an online thing or what? Because uh, well, this program is all, all over the whole state. Uh, well, you can go to my, our Facebook page, which is Falling Waters Koi Farm, or you can look under my personal page on Facebook. Okay, let's let's keep it to the Falling Waters Koi Farm. Dot mm-hmm. com, I guess, or just just Google that. Well, it, just Facebook, yeah. Yeah, just Google Falling Waters Koi Farm. Farm, and mm-hmm. and it'll take you there. That's it a, will. a great tip. Uh, appreciate your your sharing that, Dawn. I hope everything. I hope everybody jumps out on it. Well, y'all have an awesome day, and hang in there. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, honey. Bye-bye. By the way, folks, I got an email from William Portals. Last year I asked about the earliest blooming magnolias. I've got some buds on mine. I haven't seen it yet, but he said this is Gaucher. This was uh day before yesterday. So William Portals, uh, he said he wants to know, uh, he's the number one weed puller. What are the most bad roots, white and good roots? Why are most bad roots, white and good roots, red or black? And I'm thinking, you know, I really, maybe it's just my being a gardener privilege, but I never really noticed color of roots. But, I mean, I know that there are different colors, but I don't know if there's good or bad. I don't know. It's a good question, and I'm going to... um to talk about it. I'm going to do a little research on that. Uh, he also would appreciate discussion uh, uh, about weeding. Um, and I've got an email I want to share with you all in just a few minutes about that. I think it would be good to get going. But meanwhile, let's stay here in Jackson, Central Mississippi, and talk with Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Felder. Hello. What's up? I, uh, I sent you an email because I had aphids on my eggplant, and you gave me the recipe, and they're all gone. Good, 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 good. Because there ain't much you can do about them little bugs. Yeah. Um, I have uh, containers, and I would like to put some type of green in, in my container to eat. Could you give me a suggestion? Yeah, a couple of things. Here in the South, you know, up north they grow lettuce and uh, all that kind of stuff all summer. But here in the South, they, as soon as it gets hot, they, they burn out or they bolt, they go to seed. So there's not a whole lot of good leafy greens. You can eat the leaves of sweet potatoes, by the way. I mean, they're, oh. they're perfectly edible. So, you know, and, and even the ornamental ones. So, you know, you might plant some of those because they're pretty and just eat some of the leaves. Um, there's a there's a, a plant that I've been growing for years and years, and I forget where I got my start, but it's called Malabar spinach. It's not a spinach, but it looks like it, the leaves feel like spinach, and they cook like it, and sort of taste like it. But it's a a stocky, short, not a fast growing, but a good short vine, and has those um, spinach shape, heart shaped leaves, and they're unbelievably delicious. And the hotter the weather, the better they grow. So Malabar spinach is my go to summer green. But again, okay. if if you can't find that, the seeds are maybe going line. Once you get it, it reseeds itself. It comes back every year. So it's a cool, pretty little plant, uh, but d- utterly delicious and the most heat tolerant g- leafy green I know of. But again, sweet potatoes and there's probably a few other things that you can eat the leaves of. Okay, thank you. Oh, one last thing. This idea it's kind of a trendy thing called microgreens. Oh yeah. Just get you a shallow bowl. It doesn't even have to be a bowl. It could be a saucer like you put under a potted plant, a little bit of potting soil, and just sow some seed, mix you some lettuces and things like that uh, together, and sow them real thick, 
wet it down, cover it with like a, you know, just cover it up to keep it humid. And within a few days, it'll sprout. And then the idea is you eat those, you just snip them off, you eat them when they start putting on their second or third pair of leaves, when they're still small. So you could could grow microgreens, you could start some every week and eat them before they have a chance to have problems. Sounds good. I'll try that. Okay. I, have, I have a big saucer. I can put, try that in. But, but the, the idea, though, is sow the seeds real thick, almost like okay. you're planting ryegrass seeds or something. And as soon as they get their second or third what they call the true leaves on it. You can start snipping them then and then start some every now and then. That's an easy one. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You bet, Sharon. Thank you so much. Appreciate your call. Okay, now let's slide down to Mobile. Hey, Melanie, thank you for calling. What's up? Well, I want to ask a question. I have a clivia plant, which someone gave me years ago, and it has multiplied. Uh huh. (laughs) So now it's in a... I know they like to be tight, but I'd like to take one or two out and give them to somebody else. There's no problem. And so when I put them, should I put them in a pot that's just about the size of their bulb, or should I put them in a larger pot and give them room to grow? Well, you know, sixes and two threes. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, it just doesn't really matter. You know, they're not going to bl- – the small divisions may not bloom the first year anyway. You know, right, clevias right. are, are – they're a little iffy. You know, they're they're, they're not that easy to – they're not a, they're not like an old amaryllis or something. But um, – so I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. what, what do you think? <laughs> well, I – I thought I was thinking about putting them in the six inch pots, you know, that well, the guy comes in. <laughs> you already got those. Right, right. That's what I would do. Okay. And put, well, a, little, me... put a little ribbon or, or make a little uh, pipe cleaner stick figure or something like that to pretty it up because it's not going to look like much in a pot. Maybe I'll take a picture of it and put a picture of what it will look like when it blooms because it's absolutely fabulous that's, when that's, it does bloom. That's an excellent idea. That's an excellent idea. Send me a picture when you do that. Thank you. Well, I have a. Uh, we were talking last week about suggestions for kids. Something I did when my kids were little, and you know they're bored and they have to stay home. If you don't tell them it's schoolwork, you know, of course, but just measure out a spot in the yard for them, uh-huh. like you know, foot and a half or whatever. If you want to make it mathematical, you know, give them a tape measure and make them do it five sixteenths of an inch by. <laughs> I mean, you know, a foot or five sixteenths of an yeah. inch or something. But then. Everything they find in it, they identify it. Wow, that's an easy. A bug, if it's a grass, if it's a weed, identify it, and that'll keep them busy for a while. That's a good idea. I just spent this past week. Matter of fact, I was going to show it to Java, but we got caught. I just finished up this thing about uh, things to do with with children, young children, uh, school age children. Tweens, you know, once they get old and that, they're really not that interested. But there's some really cool. There's uh, several dozen things I've come up with. I've got pictures of them all, and I put them in a, a PDF form, and I'm gonna start sending it out this afternoon. I mean, I just wrapped it up last night, and it's got tons of ideas, and I, I'd like to include that one. Sure. Uh, also, um, tomorrow, you know, this being Easter weekend, one year when my kids were, I guess, older grade schoolers, we made our own Easter egg dye. With you know onion skins and that's a good idea berries and that kind of thing. You don't get the same vivid colors you do from the no, no. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know, to see that. that we, 
Yep. And what you can do with what you can find in your yard again. Yep. And I hate to point out the obvious, but you don't have to do Easter eggs just on Easter. You can do it anytime. Or <laughs> or have the kids paint rocks. You know, you get this yeah. uh you know, this outdoor craft type paint and paint, you know, bugs or just colorful things or slogans or words or whatever on rocks and put them around the there's a lady in my neighborhood who paints little rocks and they have stuff like peace or love or happy days, whatever, and she goes around and she just puts them in people's yards. And kids right. could do that, sort of like a gorilla gardener type thing. Yeah. Do, do it the daytime, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, All right, well, listen, some... enjoy your show a lot, and Thanks, uh, have a happy Easter. Thanks, Melanie. I really appreciate that. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we're going to take a real quick break. We've got a guy from Memphis. We've got folks from Risland and Greenwood. Uh, while I was coming in this morning, I saw a guy, bless his heart, he's got the right idea. He and his little girl out in the front yard, they're trying to fly a kite. <laughs> and I mean, now here's the deal. Java, in the springtime, warm airs come in and they rise up. Kites fly up in the spring. In the fall, the air is cold and it goes down. So it's windy in the fall, but kites won't lift up. Springtime is the time for kites, but it's it's a little chilly today. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, try next week. But anyway, this is great kite flying weather because there's warm airs coming in, lifting up. And uh, that's just a really good way to get kids away from their little personal devices or whatever. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, me and Java Chapman, Kevin Farrell, all the folks here at MPB. We're trying to keep this party going because it's weird days, and we're going to be positive and upbeat. We're going to be right back after this. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11, or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Alrighty, welcome back, folks. And by the way, Job, I don't know if you noticed, but I sent you two tunes today. And uh, one's kind of a little too cheerful. Maybe we could play part of it, but the other's a sweet little song. Why is why is one of them too cheerful? I saw well, you sent me two. I did. Well, you know, the cheerful one is just it goes on and on and on. And okay, <laughs> we get it. We get it. <laughs> so, anyway, I just want to throw that out. Uh, I just got an email from uh, Kate from Memphis. She said, "Jim and I planted a few tomato plants in large pots. Do we need to worry about the below fifty degree nights?" And I'm thinking, absolutely not. Yeah, it's chilly. It's going to get down to forty five in the central Mississippi tonight, but that's okay. Plants can take it. They kind of hunker down a little bit, but also there's a lot of latent heat in the ground rising up. So the temperature might be a little cool, but it's not anything you need to worry about. You know, if it gets down, you know, below 40, if it's frost, that's a whole different story. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and before we go to the phone calls, I just got an email uh, from uh, uh, from. John Thomas, he said, Mama at spinach. He said, Malabar spinach is a short vine. Can you grow it in a pot? And the answer is yes, a big pot, a big pot. It's a pretty plant, but grow it in a big pot. As a matter of fact, my herb and vegetable garden is a six-foot diameter horse-watering trough. It's a big pot. I don't need to bend over to eat anything out of it, but Malabar spinach, if you can get it, it's a great ornamental vine that you can eat when you're tired of looking at it. Let's go up to Memphis now and talk with Barbara South Haven. I'm sorry. Uh, how are you, Barbara? Uh, yes, sir. I've got a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. 
One is these caterpillars that are showing up all over my patio. Yeah. They're about an inch, inch and a half long. Yeah. Are they tent caterpillars or army worms or what are they? Uh, I don't think we have army worms as early. I think of army worms a little bit later when it gets hot. And the tent caterpillars, they make those, you know, the tents, so web worms, mm-hmm. the tent caterpillars up in the trees. There are dozens and dozens of different caterpillars, uh, moths and butterflies, but mostly moths. And they lay a bunch of eggs at one time, and the caterpillars come out and eat their stuff. By the time they get as big as you're seeing them, they're probably at the end of their life, and they're just looking for a place to make a cocoon or something. A lot of them make cocoons in the ground. So if there's a whole bunch of them out there, um, and they're that long, I would just sweep them or take the leaf blower and blow them off and not worry about it. Let the birds take them. But okay. there's no telling what it is. I can identify some of them from a good, clear, close-up picture if you get a picture of its face. Because sometimes, uh-huh. I want to say army worms have like an upside-down Y or V on their face. I don't remember. But uh, if there's a lot of them and they're that big, they're probably at the end of their you know, their their, their thing. Okay, because I don't think they're butterflies. I cater to the butterfly caterpillars. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah it's, it, when you see them doing like that, it's more often moths. Um, okay. And they, you know, one moth can lay what a hundred, hundred and fifty eggs. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, by and they might be coming out of the lawn. I, I just don't know. But by the time they're big, they're probably over with whatever kind of damage they might do. Okay, okay. Then I have another question on peonies. Mm-hmm. I dug some of my peonies up because I'm moving and I put them in pots. Uh huh. And. A couple of them, though, are not looking good at all. Yeah, mine too. They're turning black and trying to shrivel up. And when did you move them? I I dug them about a month ago, yeah. and they're still in the pots. Yeah, here is a problem. You know, when they put their leaves up in the spring and their new growth, they're they're mm-hmm. they they're using a lot of water, a lot of energy, a lot of stuff. And when you dug them right at that vital time, you cut their roots off, their feeder roots, so the, the ends of the root. You left the fingers in the ground, and all you got is elbows. Okay. And uh, so, you know, if you, even on the best of times, peony, and by the way, folks who might be listening to my podcast, we call them peonies, okay? And wow. get get over it, okay? <laughs> you peony people, whatever. Anyway, um, usually they're going to kind of go down early the first year anyway, even if you do everything just right. So right now they're just suffering because you dug them up, you cut off their little feeder roots yeah, that they need to cruise. So the main thing is try not to rot them with too much water. Okay. Is there anything I can put on them? Not really. Uh, not really. You know, or anything. if you got some root stimulator, it doesn't hurt to use it. It's, you know, this stuff is almost gimmicky. But it doesn't hurt to use it, and it might help a little bit. But the main thing is don't rot them with too much water because they can't handle it. Okay. okay. How about Super Thrive? Nah, that stuff is pure gimmick. It's got a great okay. label, though. I love the label on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. if, use it if you got it, but don't spend any money on it. Okay. I sure won't because it's expensive. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. Stick Thank with water. Okay. Good luck on it, Barbara. All right, now let's go to Roy. Roy's been ha- holding on for a while from Memphis, Tennessee. What's up, Roy? Hey, Felder. Uh, you sort of halfway answered this question. In Memphis, we got like 37 degrees coming next week. Yeah. And I was just wondering, is it okay to just go ahead and put my uh, hot weather 
seeds in the ground. Yeah, the the ground is actually kind of kind of warm. You know, we've had a lot of warm temperatures, so the soil is warm and it's moist. Uh, and so if you put them out there and wet them down, if you could shake a little bit of mulch or something over it, you know, just to keep radiant heat in uh, or out or whatever, however that works, uh, that wouldn't hurt. But uh, I, I don't see any problem going ahead and doing that. It's going to get cool just at night, but it's going to be usually sunny, and uh, and that warms the soil up. Gotcha. Now, now one other uh, comment. You're talking about hot weather leafy greens you can eat. Uh-huh. And my my favorite is wild spinach, uh, lamb's quarters. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it's, it, it's great stuff. grows every year. It, it grows so fast you got to use the chainsaw for it. They call it a weed. I know, it's but I love it. If you can't, delicious. if you can't beat it, eat it. You can also eat the the leaves <laughs> and the roots of daylilies. Oh. So who knew that? I've got a, I've got a a list of four. I sent out a couple of weeks ago a list of great foraging plants, things you can find in the neighborhood and around around town, and, and all that that are, are are perfectly edible. And if anybody wants a copy of that, um, shoot me an email. I'll send it right out. But that's a great idea. I forgot about Lamb's Quarter. Yeah, all righty. Thank you, Felder. Appreciate it, man. Stay stay right. warm. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's go to Madeline. She's calling from Rizland, Mississippi. Hey, Madeline, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How are you? Fine. You sound awful cheerful this morning. Have you been outside or something? You know what? I have, and I did get a chance. I was driving around, and I saw that little girl and her dad <laughs> flying the kite. I thought that was just adorable. <laughs> Good luck on it. So anyway, what you got? What's what's going on with you? Um, so I am currently renting a property, and I want to start a container garden for like vegetables. Do you think that's a good option? For yeah, rent- yeah. For years, uh, Madeline, I grew almost all of my vegetables in five gallon paint buckets. Perfect. But now okay. he, here's the deal. If it's smaller than that, you got to water it a lot. If it's bigger than that, you can't move it when you get ready to go. But you put two or I three know. or four or five of those together. Now, two things. I didn't drill holes in the bottom. I drilled holes in the sides down near the bottom so it wouldn't stain my deck. Oh, that's a good idea. Or set them up each pot on like three little rocks or crushed up beer cans or something just to get them, you know, a a half inch or so off the the patio or the deck. It won't cause rot or stain or anything like that. But, you know, raise them up on pot feet and and, and that'll help a whole lot. And and also, this sounds kind of weird, but it really makes a big difference. Gardening is not just about about sustenance. Paint them. If you paint like a big red, a big yellow spot on one of them, you know, maybe the size of a dinner plate, and when it dries, hold your leaf in front of it and spray it over there. Like with red, you pull off, you get a red pot with a yellow leaf. And and, and, and have fun with it. But five can of paint buckets, two or three or four or five together, you can grow an astounding amount of stuff in that. Excellent, excellent. Well, that was my main question. I really appreciate it, Felder. You bet, Madeline. Thank you. Okay, before we get to our cheesy tune number one, let's go up to Bill in Greenwood. Delta Boy, what's up, Bill? Oh, hi, Felder. Uh, I got two questions for you. Uh, well, one of them is uh, uh, I want to know if ramps grow down here. And also, bok choy, I can't find any seeds. And I can find the bok choy in the store, and I see little sprouts coming out of the bottom. Could I cut the top of that off and plant the bottom of the bok choy or? You know, I, 
I, I don't know about bok choy, where they'll sprout. If you cut it, it should, you know, but I, I just don't know. I've never done that. You know, most of the time people eat it before it gets to that age. But, uh, you know, bok choy, like lettuce, really has a hot, hard time when it gets hot. So that's more of a, what I think a fall, a winter, and a spring thing. You could probably still grow some, but, uh, you know, you can also order the seeds online. Swiss chard is another good one, you know, that's oh, pretty. That uh, that and it'll take a good bit of heat, but I don't know about the back. Anyway, to answer your question about ramps, ramps are actually uh, they have a ramps festival. It's sort of, it's a wild garlic is what it is. Uh, well, not, it's not garlic. It's sort of like garlic, but it's a ground cover, and the leaves are uh, are up right now. They have ramps festivals uh, up in the mountains, but I've never seen ramps growing in Mississippi. Uh, but it doesn't, doesn't mean they want. I'm just not sure about in the flat out in the open sun in the in the delta. So I, I just don't know. But I, you know, I've seen it in the mountains. It's all over England. Well, what about the wild onions growing here? Can you eat them? Sure, absolutely. Wild, wild, wild onion, wild garlic, perfectly edible. Chop them up, mix them in your scrambled eggs. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for your call, man. Buddy, bye bye. Okay, folks, I brought in a, a bouquet, little things, two things to talk about today. One is my mint. Oh, boy, I got some mint, and this afternoon I'm going to put me a pot of uh, a jug of water out in the sun, put me a slice of lemon, some mint, put me some tea, and it made me some sun tea. Is it any good? No. But does it make me feel smart? Yeah. Does it give your kids something to do? Yeah, sun tea with some mint in it. No, it's not any good, but don't tell them that. Put some more sugar in it. And then the last thing is I've got uh, two flowers, one from my yard, one from a neighbor's yard, a red rose, and this little three-petal blue wildflower called spiderwort. And, you you know, the rose is okay. The spiderwort's kind of weedy. You put the two together, and you got a bouquet, just like my great-grandmother wrote in her journal in 1917 about remembering her mother all dressed up the church. Uh, would carry a, a bouquet of flowers, and she said, despite my uncomfortable... Now, this is my great-grandmother writing in 1917. She said, despite my uncomfortable Sunday starchiness, I marvel at the beauty of Trace Scantia with their bright green streams of leaves among the red roses. Spiderwort, red roses. Put them together, throw them in your hand, put them in a vase. It's like Rumpelstiltskin making a golden garment out of common straw. That's what we do here, folks. We're weaving stuff out of thin air, trying to trying to keep things cheerful and positive. A lot of people are gardening. There are more people gardening right now than ever before, like during any victory garden time. I want to give you a real quick tip, though. If you go to a garden center, locally owned garden center, and you're buying seeds or plants of vegetables, herbs, or fruits, or fertilizer, if you're growing food plants or seeds and fertilizer, they're not supposed to charge sales tax in Mississippi. Commissioner of Agriculture said that garden centers are essential services. They're open for business. They're booming. they got lots of cool stuff. But vegetables, herbs, fruits, food stuff, and fertilizer, no sales tax in Mississippi. We'll be right back here at MPB right after this.
Good morning, starshine. The earth says hello. You twinkle above us. You twinkle below. Good morning, starshine. You lead us along, my love and me as we sing our early morning. Singing song, pretty clip clipping, nibbing, 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 la 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 lo lo. The abba simish abba nubi abba abba li li lo lo. Nubi nubi wala nubi abba abba. Early morning singing song. Good morning, sunshine. There's love in your Reflecting the sunlight in my lover's eyes. Good morning, sunshine. So happy to be my love and me as we sing our early morning singing song. All right, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing me and Java and Kevin and Jason Klein, all the other folks in MPB. Glad to glad to bring this here with you. Uh, I stopped by my truck uh, on the way in and I grabbed two pieces of oregano. Uh, anybody listening from England is called oregano, okay? And I've got one that's a kind of a spreading, low-growing ground cover type of oregano, and one that's more of an upright, bushy type of oregano. And the upright, bushy one is a lot more fragrant than the ground cover one. And uh, not that it makes a lot of difference unless you're a cook, but um, I, I just can't remember which is which. But the upright one is a whole lot more fragrant for cooking. The ground cover one is a whole lot prettier when you use it as a ground cover. So anyway, I just I, I try to remember which, which one is which. But there are different kinds of oregano, the different kind of basil, the different kinds of rosemary. Uh, but it's all good. Those three plants can be grown by kids in a pot, and they can have ownership in their meals. I'm just saying. Now let's go to John calling from uh, Tremont. No, Joey. Wait, wait. Who are, who are we talking to here? We're going to talk Paul, to Paulette, Paulette from, from Star. Star. Hey, Paulette. Good morning. Good morning. I have a presentia. It's probably forty years old, mm-hmm. and something has gotten into it, and it's hollowing out the stems in it. And it, I found one little. It's kind of a orange looking thing. It's not sort of shaped like an ant, but it, instead of having the little humps in the back, it's just straight hmm. with a head, and it's very tiny. It's smaller than a, a straight pin around. Uh-huh. Is that what's eating it? I don't know. I don't know. Have you got a, a cell phone with a camera? No. Well, if you can find somebody who can take a good, clear, close-up picture of it, I can identify it that way. But uh, I'm not the, you know, a lot, you go to a lot of places, they're just going to guess and try to say you something. I don't know. You said this is a forsythia, though, right? Big shrub? Yes, sir. Uh, it's just sort of getting naked in the middle? Uh, 
this one I've been keeping. It's not right now. The one I'm look that I'm cutting on is I was just doing my spring cutting uh-huh. and found it. But now my I had some last year that completely died uh-huh. that had these holes in them, and I thought my neighbor had been using Roundup, and I figured that's what had gotten those. No, only if they sprayed. It. In that case, you'd know about that. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, it might be, it may be what's causing it. it may be what we call a secondary thing coming in and eating on what's causing it. I, I just don't know. Uh, I do know that that by the that we can't spray something that's going to kill an insect that's in the plant. And so what you might want to do is save the plant. If you've had this a long time, you know, you can cut those things like you're trying to get rid of them, and they'll sprout back out and bloom fine the next year. Well, that's what I've been do- I have been did with mothers, and that's what I'm fixing to do to mine. Yeah, and, you know, they, and I know this, that's kind of a, a, a last resort, but to me it's a first resort to just pluck it off. So I would just cut them back. But if you can find somebody who's got a, a camera can make a nice, clear close-up where that critter is, I bet I can well, identify I've only found one, and when it, I it, tried to get him, he, he went to pieces. He went, you know, when I tried to pick it, it come to pieces. But there's, I guess, what you call honeydew all over the plant. Yeah, the leaves are just perfectly shiny. Yeah, the there's water. yeah, the honeydew is a, is is the excrement from some kind of of insect that's sucking sap out of it. So you know, but again, without seeing it, I can't guess. I, I won't right. guess. All right, I appreciate it. Okay, good luck on it. All right, thank you. Okay, now let's go to Aaron in Meridian. I think did I push the wrong button again? Aaron, hey, yeah, I, I got by. You know, I I, tell, I say this all the time. They've got all these microphones and stuff, and they put the sign that says "Who's calling?" right where my bifocals are. <laughs> and if I throw my head back, it's out of focus. If I look down, it's out of focus. Well, anyway. I had uh, I had LASIK eye surgery. So I don't have that problem anymore. Yeah, but I, you know, glasses make me feel smart. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> What's up, man? Well, actually, I called last week, and uh, last week I had the issue with we had gotten a lot of chicken compost, and uh, we were actually using it as plant, uh, like planting soil. Right. And uh, you said it's not the best idea. So we, that day, we actually got somebody to come till. And, you know, we're trying to use the, the no-till method. but To get it started. Little, yeah, get it right. started. Yeah. Well, this is, I, I told a friend of mine, uh, this is more gardening triage, like, we didn't have any planning ahead. It's just, hey, let's get a garden because we have time. Uh, but what I have a uh, question for you, do you know anything about worm grunting? Yes. It's, okay. a, it's a weird thing, and you know, and you're just testing me, aren't you? Oh, well, a little bit, you know, <laughs> just trying to find a reason to call in. Okay, so. Uh, but so, I, I made a worm grunter uh, with my son, uh, and we made it out of a dowel rod, and it, and it works. It we, worked. We took it out. It worked really well. We took it out in the yard at night after it rained the uh, day before I, yesterday. I just got I just got goosebumps. What a great way to, to, to ruin a kid to grow up thinking that life is weird and it's okay. <laughs> this is the kind of well, thing he's he going to talk about you. It. When he's an old man, he's going to talk about you and worm grunting. Right. Okay. Well, for, we, okay. Go ahead. Tell everybody what it is. Explain okay. it. Keep it simple, uh, but explain it. It's we, it's it's, it's it getting worms to come up out of the dirt. Right. Uh, all it is. There's some guys in Florida that I, I saw a while back. I saw an article or something on, and they do it, and we tried it. All it is is uh, we took a dowel rod, we cut some ridges in it, poked it into the ground, and then took another dowel rod and and rubbed on it, and it vibrates the ground and, and the the earthworms. Think that it's a, a it, it mimics the vibrations of a mole going through the ground, and they try to get away from it, so they come up to the surface. And uh, we're what we're doing. My son, 
uh, Reese, he wants to make a worm bed, and we want to introduce them into the garden. Yeah. Um, right now, we don't have a lot of decomposed, you know, organic matter. It's it's, it's not like we're we're uh, gardening in red dirt, right. but it's sort of clay heavy. So there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of stuff in it yet. We're introducing hay and stuff like that. Yeah. But with the worm grunting, we're getting a lot of earthworms, and it's fun to do. Um, but I read where there could be a difference in composting. Uh, worms yes. and gardening. I don't know the difference. In okay, that. what is the, the, the compost? The the the, the vermicompost, and I've done this for years in a sweater mm-hmm. box, you know, with shredded newspaper and chopped up vegetables and all like that. They right. use they use red wigglers, which are small red wrigglers. Anyway, okay. they're they're small. They're kind of a reddish brown color. They're, they're sold at fishing stores. They eat organic matter really really fast. They can churn that stuff up. Uh, but they're tropical things. They won't live in regular dirt. They'll freeze okay. and other things will eat them. The ones we have in our dirt out here, the most common are just what we call earthworms. They're the right. ones that get long and all. They're the ones okay. you want to have in your garden. And okay. basically, you've already got them. They're just see-through, little skinny, fleshy-type things. And right. if you'll feed them, they'll get big and beefy and 10 or 11 or 12 inches long. But the idea is you put some chopped up leaves or any kind of stuff on the on the top of the ground. Okay. And they come up at night, they eat it, and they mm-hmm. burrow down deep. The, the kind of earthworms we have here, the most common one, have up and down burrows. Okay. And uh, and they come up at night and they feed grass clippings uh, that haven't been treated with anything, uh, shredded leaves, anything like that. And if you can throw a little cottonseed meal. I put out 50 pounds of it in the garden the other day. That's about 100 times too much, but okay. Well, the, the garden is enormous. <laughs> it's like a 90 by 40. It's okay. A, it's okay. a big garden. 15 yeah. pounds will do 1,000 square feet. I'm just saying, okay? Oh, okay. All anyway, right. if you don't, anyway, that has nitrogen for the garden, but also has protein for your worms. So if, if you'll get your boy to spread some leaves, grass clipping, a lot of times people put them in bags on the curbs, as long as they okay. don't don't use weed killers and stuff. Right. And uh, the worms will get big and beefy real quick, and they'll make those vertical holes a foot and a half or more deep. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. Worm well, thank gr- you very much. Worm grunting. What a weird worm dad. You, what a weird dad you are. Hey, hey, I do whatever I can to make them enjoy it. Hey, they have worm grunting contest competitions in florida and in england where they give people like a, a three foot by three foot area and they have uh-huh. one to do the the, the 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 worm grunting and one to pick them up and put them in a bucket and count them and they have really com- they have competition <laughs> google it wow okay i'll do it i'll do it I, and look i took a video i'll, I'll email you a short clip oh, of us doing please, it out in the yard please do please do, we'll do. What, a, we'll do. what a great thing you, your kid is going to talk about you and he's an old man well, sounds good, then. All righty, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Java, have you ever heard of worm grunting? No, I have not. You just take a stick and put notches on it, pan in the ground, and take another stick and rub it up and down, and the worms come up out of the ground like it's creepy. <laughs> now that is something. I may have to may have to take the Java out in the yard and we just try that. Yeah, some pretty good dirt, and when it's kind of moist. Anyway, it's uh, it's just weird. It's weird. I love it. What a what a great program this is for me. Okay, let's 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 talk to Joey. He's down in Tremont. Hey, Joey, thanks for calling, man. Hey, Felder. Howdy. You were talking uh, to somebody a while ago about rounds. Yeah, I'd ordered some uh, several days ago, uh-huh. and my buddy came in the shop and said, uh, 
the postmistress said to get this to your house. Because it, it stinks. In a post <laughs> and she did, set it outside the front door. <laughs> and they said he's going to have to uh, roll his windows down and get some speed up to go and stink his car. <laughs> And they are kindly strong. Kindly strong. Well, you know, it's a it's a, a leafy it's a a wide leaf garlic relative. Uh-huh. I planted some last year. Did did they come up at all? Did they do okay? The crows got them. <laughs> well, you know, crows. I understand they're pretty good too. But it's good to have some ramps to cook them with. Well, I, I, I can't speak to that now. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Anyway, well, that was a great I, anecdote. I just want to tell you that because it was just after you'd spoken with that fellow about the ramps that yeah. he busted in the shop here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you know, ramps, I haven't seen them in Mississippi, but, but they are a type of wild onion, and they're native to the woodlands of North America. They're, they're native to here. Um, I planted them out in the woods. Yeah, and you know, little low growing thing. And if you pull them up, you know, they got the little like a little uh, spring onion on the bottom of it. They got a wider leaf than than most onions. Well, I thought I'd just harvest some leaves uh, next year. Yeah, leave yeah. the roots intact, not pull the roots up. Yeah, well, most most of the time where I see them is in the mountains. It was, you know, but that, that doesn't mean that they won't grow. Yeah, twenty bucks. It's fun to play with. There you go. Appreciate it, man. And uh, by the way, we know who's growing it because we had a window down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like fragrant in here right now. <laughs> All right. Appreciate Thank you, Joey. Be safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, this has been a weird program, hasn't it, Java? It's been strange today. I think people are, you know, just feeling feeling themselves. Well, let's let's add a little, I guess, levity to it. Uh, you know, with this second cheesy tune you brought in, man. It's a little short thing, folks. We're going to play this. We're going to come back with the phone calls here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Three little birds. I know you Folks, don't worry. Your little things be okay. Start calling you DJ Felder. Yeah, you man. Through Bob Marley in the middle of that. Yeah, a little. <laughs> don't worry. I won't worry. Uh, it's a weird world, man. It's a weird, weird world. I'm glad I'm working with gardeners. That's all I can say. And I appreciate all of you folks who are tuning in. Um, yeah, this is something, something we can do together. Something we can do together. Uh, let's talk to John now. John's calling from Startville. Thank you for calling, man. What's up? Well, is this John? Oh, Actually, I'm Madison. Yeah. Madison. Sorry, yeah, Madison. 
Well, Felder, good morning to you. Howdy. What's up? You know, I've spent, spent a little time on the on the left coast in Berkeley, and I tell you, I got to see Peter, Paul, and Mary. So that was a that was a nice rendition you played earlier. I, I appreciate that. that. Appreciate that. You know, I, 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 they've got a botanical garden just up the hill from Berkeley. Oh, yeah. Cool yeah. cool little place, but I love it. When you first walk in, it's got a sign that says, Warning, Rattlesnakes. <laughs> that's, that's to keep the non-locals out. You know, you can... You know, if you go online, you can actually become a member of that. Really? Cuttings, and they'll, uh, you can, I cannot remember the name of it, but you can Google, I'm sure, Berkeley Garden. Uh, I want to think it's Berkeley Botanical Garden. I don't remember, but I mean, yeah. And you can become a member of that. Yeah. Cuttings, I know you like to kind of swap and steal, so that might be a good opportunity for you. A good Mediterranean climate there. So anyway, what you got going well, on today? Well, two things. Number one, you know, we, we've got some wonderful cool weather out here, and we always have an Easter freeze. Are we are we over that? I know the old-timers always say you don't plant before Good Friday. Yeah, so, you know, and it's really odd that, you know, But and, and by the way, you know, when, in the fall when we have a little cold spell and it warms back up, they call that Indian summer. Well, right. this little cold stamp is called Blackberry Winter. And it, but we didn't have a, a freeze like we usually do after everybody plants their tomatoes. So, anyway, uh, this so is. So we're safe. So oh, we're yeah. safe. Good Friday's the planting day. So that's yeah. what I understand. Yeah, the soil is warm. That's the important thing. You know, one thing I, I, I was talking to Kevin when I called in, you know, an old timer always told me that when you dig a hole, you'll never have enough dirt to fill it. It like depends, on, depends on the, the, the time of the moon. That's exactly my thought. Now, we've got a big full moon that just happened. Of course, Easter follows that last full moon. But is it on the full moon or is I it? Don't, I don't remember. You know, planting by yeah. the moon and digging. And, and there are people who, telephone linemen who swear that if you dig by a certain type of moon, you won't have enough dirt to fill the hole back up. And I don't, I don't understand it. So I can't see whether well, I believe it or not. You know, we got you got your weird show today, so that's another little something for folks to kind of play with if it, they want to go out and dig a hole and see how it feels on if, a, if you, full if, moon. If you want to if you want to fill it back up, if you, it's the wrong phase of the moon, it won't be enough dirt to put back in the hole. And I've well, I've heard that all my life. <laughs> I love your show, and I tell you, Saturday mornings always always get the repeat, and I always want to call in because I hear something I like. So I, I tuned in this morning and. Number one, I got right on when you when your song played, and it uh, it took me back to the to the West Coast. Oh, so 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 you you missed the pers- the part about worm grunting. I did hear that. No, I, okay. I, I heard that came right after Peter Paul and Mary, and I love that worm. You know, we used to always say if you if you if you turn on a on a sprinkler at night, you can get the same effect. I I've never heard about worm grunting though. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, they have festivals. It's not. It's not a weird. It's not an April Fool joke. But anyway, man, I appreciate the call. I hope you stay cool this weekend. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm gonna take the daughter. We're gonna pitch a tent in the backyard. She's been after me about about camping and. With everything closed, we're going to take the barbecue pit and put up a tent tonight. Excellent, excellent. Make a little small wood fire because she needs to learn what what a hair smelling like wood smoke is. Appreciate it, man. All righty. Now, uh, I guess now we go to Dot and Leland up in the Delta. John in Starkville. <laughs> What's up, John? <laughs> it's John in Starkville time. Okay, finally. What's up? Okay. Felder, this John Herring. Uh, we went to school there in Starkville for so long. I understand anyway, that y'all aren't y'all aren't doing the garden center thing anymore. I no more retail, but I still do my landscaping work from home. Finally had enough, huh? Well, nah, never enough, I guess. Yeah. But... Anyway, uh, 
one one thing about digging the hole, Bill Bergen always told me that when a dog digs a hole, you can't find enough dirt to fill the hole because he scatters it. But when a man digs a hole, you have too much because there's airspace. <laughs> anyway, my question had to do with as wet as it is in my vegetable garden, I'm thinking about doing a no-till planting just in the rows that are there from last year. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll come up and grow, but can I expect a difference in the yield well, because I'm not re-prepping the soil? You know, uh, you know, you, Milo Burnham would be a better expert about, about that than, you know, there in Starville. But, uh, you know, it's going to be different because on one hand, if you do the no-till thing and you use plenty of mulch, you're probably not going to have to water as much in the summertime. You know, because you've been tilling it all along, right? Well, normally every year, but yeah. it's so wet now, I wonder yeah. when I'm going to get to. So. Yeah, what you what you can do is you can plant shallow, and then when it dries out a little bit, go in and pull some dirt up to your plants a little bit. You know, or okay. or, or go through there, and instead of regular rows, make some double-wide rows and eliminate every other furrow, and just go through there with a shovel and, and scoop that stuff up two or three inches deep and throw it in the middle. You know, that way you don't have to till. It'll give you a little extra height for, for drainage. But, you know, you can go out there if it's not too wet just to take a shovel and scoop two or three inches from a furrow and throw it in the middle and make you double. In other words, sort of make a row without tilling it. Right. Well, and, I, I usually do a double row anyway. Yeah. So, uh, well, one of the real okay, key. One of the, you, you don't know what's going to happen about my yield if it'll be. Depends on the variety. The depends on the vision. won't do as well because of it was the main question. I, I think we're past the time of plants staying too wet from being planted in flat soil. So, you know, summertime, you know, is a problem of being too dry. So, you know, if you'd have done this earlier, your plants would have drowned. So uh, okay. the real key to no-till, John, is going to be uh, plenty of mulch and a little cottonseed meal to feed your worms. Okay. Good Thank luck. you much. Hey, tell, tell Donna I said hey. I will. Bye-bye. All right. We've got time to go to Leland and talk to Dot. Are we out of time? Okay, Dot, we got to make it quick. What's up? Okay. The, uh, the, first, I love the program. I love the last song. It's very appropriate. The man who called in from Greenwood about my choy, you know, if it had any, if you put it out, would it root? Uh-huh. I've had I've had lettuce and cabbage do that when I put it in a compost flower bed, and it and it grew when I was able to harvest something. So you, when you cut the top off, replant the, the the bottom part. I just threw it in a compost area. Yeah, yeah. And it grew and it grew. Fantastic! So, you know, Thank you so much. Appreciate you. it. Thank you for joining us. Woo! What a weird program today. Got us some nice tunes in there. Got some good calls. Got some emails. Uh, again, if you're going to plant stuff, keep in mind, in Mississippi, uh, vegetables, herbs, fruit plants, food plants, seeds or plants, and their fertilizer, not supposed to charge the sales tax on that. And that's the law. Anyway, have a good time. It's, uh, it's Easter weekend. A lot of people aren't able to get to church. So, you know, find a way to get out and celebrate whatever you feel like celebrating because it's going to be a perfect weekend. I'm Horticulture's fellow Russian, Java Chapman, my producer, Kevin Farrell, and all the other folks at MPB. We wish you a happy and safe holiday. And we'll be back same time next week talking about what we do. Oh, take a kid to a garden center. Show them to get dirty.